Blackwater, The Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, The Flying Tigers, The Swiss Guard, The White Company, The Knights Templar, The Varangian Guard, Clerkus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, Guns for Hire, Soldiers of Fortune, Private Military Companies, Private Security Contractors, Dirty Deeds, done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They have been around for a very long time, and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. And like it or not, wars are good, very good for business. Furthermore, history tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means as greed, corruption, oppression, and tyranny than by any other means. So choose the red pill, remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. Talking from the relatively insular and bucolic rural foothills of northwestern Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Life as a private security contractor in a hostile or a war-torn zone, or as some call it, an austere or a non-permissive environment. Well, it is a mixed bag of blessings. Some good and some not so good. All in all though, private security contracting is much the same as life. It is what you make it. The MENA region, or the Middle East North Africa region. Lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the old ones and the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy texts, then you know that it all centered around what we refer to as the MENA region. That's right, the Mediterranean. And you probably also know that to every legend or myth, there is a base of at least some truth. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life with your host, me, Scott Russell. So it has been a time, and I truly greatly apologize for that. Um, life sometimes gets in the way, folks. I think we've talked about that before. Um, it's been a weird year. Good year, um, but a weird year. Been been fairly busy, too, especially this summer. So anyway, that explains the delay without going into lots of uh, boring detail why. But, um, you know, as I've said before, uh, Oconus... The contractor's life is a different kind of life. And for not all of us, I mean, sometimes some of us have returned to the States. So, uh, you know, most of the work I've been doing lately has been CONUS work 
or Conus, and some folks say Oconus, Oconus, what's the difference? Are they the same? Yeah, it's kind of like potato, potato, tomato, tomato, whatever. Um, and technically, it probably is Oconus or Conus because continental. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, a lot of us, I mean, there's still plenty of work to be had, Oconus or Oconus, uh, but, um, you know, that pool shrank dramatically um, after, you know, we basically pulled out of the areas that we were at, and especially since uh, Syria is still going, but uh, we don't talk about that, right? <laughs> um, but I'm saying, so, so there's still plenty of work around the globe, whether it's in Central America or South America, Africa, uh, you know, the Mediterranean, Europe. Uh, trust me, there's, there's plenty of work, um, Oconus. Um, but it's not, obviously, it's not nearly as big as it used to be. Uh, now, uh, you know, it could get there. <laughs> it might happen again. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of us have returned to uh, Conus work Um and you know it's 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 not the same. It's uh, it can be similar, um, and it can have the occasional exciting moments. Um, I won't go into detail, but uh, here fairly recently, I almost got run over. I mean, literally, someone tried to run me over. Um, it was not unintentional. <laughs> Let's just say it ended well uh, for both parties. I'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, I did not overreact and I did not over respond um, amazingly um, especially to the surprise <laughs> and the chagrin perhaps of uh, somebody very close to me <laughs> they were really surprised but uh, there you have it um, so I you know I left off there in Afghanistan on, on the previous episode I think that's where I was at and uh, it was in the Jalalabad region um, and you know I mean Surprisingly, um, for, you know, a lot of days, arguably a lot of weeks, uh, can be pretty dry and boring. Um, it's a lot of wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, that's not to say that you don't have the intermittent, um, you know, engagement or something that happens that kind of uh, adds a, a new perspective, you know, to your day or your week or the month um, and uh, reminds you um, of why you're there and why uh, you should always Always be cognizantly aware of everybody and everything around you at all times. Uh, perhaps the only time that I ever went into the green zone, if you will, um, in terms of uh, cognizant awareness is when I was sleeping. Uh, and to this day, pretty much the same way. Uh, so even here, Connors, when I'm in the States working, uh, pretty much the only time I go into the green zone is when I'm sleeping. <laughs> even then my senses are pretty 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 alert uh probably not as heightened as they were working oconus and if i ever go back oconus and uh not that that's uh an improbability but uh let's just say that uh i'm certain my senses will be heightened again uh, you tend to wake up pretty quick to those little things that you normally wouldn't wake up to uh when you're home and sleep asleep in bed uh, safe and sound. So there in the Jalalabad region where I was uh, working uh, with a relatively small group of guys, I think, I want to say there were somewhere between 12 and 20 of us um, on this compound that we were working. Uh, it might have been 24 at some point, but roughly 12 to 20 of us uh, for the most part um, operating at any one time. It was uh, 
like I said, it was a 24-7 thing. We had two shifts, two 12-hour shifts. And, uh, you know, I mean, we did, like I've said before, we did have our exciting moments. You know, we had we had mortars. We had artillery. We had rockets um, and the occasional small, small arms stuff. But, you know, the amazing thing that... Um, you know, you learn to take this stuff in stride, and it's just not that big of a deal um, unless it comes like super uber close. <laughs> uh, then you get a little excited. Um, but I guess where I'm going is that for the most part, you learn to take this stuff in stride. And so for the most part, it doesn't bother you. As I've stated before, there were plenty of times throughout my career um, where it didn't take long for me to just kind of like, you know, I just absorbed it and took it in. It's like, you know, if it's, you, you got to accept it. I guess where I'm going, you've got to have a sense of acceptance. Um, you raised your hand, you volunteered for this, you're in it. Um, you know, no need to get all excited about it. Uh, if it's your day, if your number has been pulled out of the hat, it's your time. That's what happens. So that was more or less the approach I took, the mindset that I had uh, for the years I was over there doing that. Uh, it was really... Um, you know, psychologists might look at it and say, well, you know, it was my way of dealing with it and coping with it. It was my 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 out mechanism, if you will, uh, my way of, of, of trying to disregard the potential hazards and dangers that were actually present. And by that, <laughs> when I, because I, it, it's amazing here in the States, Connors work, uh, you frequently have uh, OSHA type people uh, or what they call safety reps. Uh, the other thing that we used to call it overseas, and you still hear that term sometimes here in the States. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't recollect. It'll come to me probably later in this discussion. But basically, your safety and environment people. But there's a third letter in there. It's an acronym. Um, but, you know, those folks used to annoy me to no end. They still do. Um, fortunately, the ones I've met here in the States have all been veterans or all are veterans of the United States military, regardless of which branch they served in. So for the most part, we get along pretty well. Um, we hit it off. And for the most part, any so-called minor infractions are really not a big deal um, because I, I try to as best I can without getting overly charged about it. Just like, look, man, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I've got this, I got that, you know, been in worse situations, worse places, uh, you know, shit happens is what I tell them. And anyway, so for the most part, uh, that's just my approach, uh, basically on life in general, but especially when it comes to security, um, you know, you, people talk about safety all the time, you know, it's for your protection, it's for your safety, it's for, uh, okay, whatever. Look, um, I'm here to tell you that, you know, if you're going to be safe, the only way you're going to be safe is if you make yourself safe, but you can only be so safe and still get the job done. You can only be so safe and still make sure that, that nothing goes awry. Um, okay, so I mean, in my opinion, the only time that you're quote-unquote safe um, is when you're in a dream state because you don't know any better, when you're in the mother's womb, and when you're dead. I mean, that's pretty much, in my opinion, the only time you're really safe, okay? Everything else is a measurement of security. And, you know, it depends on who's doing the measuring, but, you know, all this safety stuff is just, it's gone, I mean, if you look back over the decades, it's just gotten, it's gotten way beyond the pale, way beyond where it needs to be. Uh, 
people use that word. It's so ubiquitous anymore, it almost doesn't even mean anything, just like the term incredible and so many other things. So back on track, um, you know, people have asked me, and I've been thinking about this lately, and I've been trying to come up with a uh, cogent kind of uh, make sense articulation of a corners to contractor's life. And it's, and I'll probably come up with a better one and it'll, and it'll, and uh, it'll probably be a really good one at some point. But for the most part, it, it's kind of like, it reminds me of, if you've ever seen the movie, the book of Eli in there, there's a song of, of many, it's a musical soundtrack. So there's really no words to it, but uh, the journey, so if you take the song, The Journey, from that musical soundtrack, from uh, the movie, The Book of Eli, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It, you know, as a contractor, a private, independent, private security contractor, you're really walking a, a solo path. It's a solo journey. Yeah, you work with people, sometimes lots, sometimes few, and occasionally, sometimes on your own. Um, so, you know, again, there is support if you need it, but basically you're, you're, you are your sole means of support. Um, so, you know, a contractor's life, it's kind of a solo journey. (laughs) You know, you figure out everything on your own. You know, you occasionally talk to people, you do a lot of looking into things and you research things, but that's, you know, a corner's the contractor's life. So back to in Afghanistan there in, in the Jalalabad region, like I said, there's, you know, there were, there were many incidents, um, and in a later episode, maybe the next episode, I will try to sit down between now and then and, and sketch some of this stuff out so I can re, uh, retell it uh, without missing anything. But for the most part, you know, um, even if you're on the roads, I mean, you know, you're a little bit more tense. Well, I, guess, I don't know. I guess you are kind of tense maybe more intense, more less. So you can be tense, but usually you're a little bit more intense because your, your senses, you're looking, you're watching for everything. You're listening. I mean, you're poised. Um, you're ready. You might be in a relaxed state, but you're ready. Okay. So if you're, if you're out on the roads, driving, transiting, whatever you're doing, yeah, your senses, your senses are quite a bit more heightened than they are when you're on the base. But still, again, there can be those moments, and I've talked about some of them over the course of the years here in the uh, seasons of this episode and uh, the various episodes. Things happen, and you see stuff, you hear it, you smell it, you feel it, and uh, it all does have an impact, um, all of it. So perhaps the thing that um, maybe we're not thinking about in the forefront of our minds when stuff is happening is all the instruction and all the training. So all the instructional training that we've received over the years from the various entities that we've uh, received the instructional training from. And for the most part, at least there, when I was in the contracting business over there, uh, there was almost no shortage of that stuff available. Um, Sometimes it was on the company dime. Sometimes it was on your own time and your own dime. But... uh, there, I'm just saying there, there was absolutely, and to this day, really, there's, there's still no shortage of it. The, the question is finding the right or the proper, correct instructional training, because there's a lot of people out there that have instructor certificates, have training certificates, because they've taken an instructor's course, because they took a trainer's course or whatever. Um, 
So does that mean that they can't properly instruct or train based on what they saw, heard, and read, and what they can recall, remember? Not necessarily. But um, not. Let's, let's face it, like everything else, whether it's an artist in whatever discipline or it's a scientist in whatever discipline, some people are really good at it. And for the most part, all the rest kind of fall closer and closer to the wayside until they start falling off the edge. You know, and after you've after you've done enough of this stuff on your own, you can pretty quickly recognize who's a good instructor and a good trainer and who isn't. Who knows their stuff and who doesn't. You know, who actually has something to offer you. And for a contractor, and especially an independent private security contractor, that's a huge thing. So if I'm going to spend my time, whether I have to spend my own dime or not, I want to make sure that if that dude or dudette knows what the hell he or she is talking about and they can actually teach me something okay if they can't it's a waste of my time so i will leave and i've done that it just but that's you know uh but that's just me maybe you're the same way i don't know because for me and i know i'm not the only one but for me i've received enough instructional training and actually practically put most of it into play at some point that i can pretty much replicate that pretty much anywhere I'm at as long as I don't have a bunch of turd balls freaking out because oh my god he's got a gun you know it's like you know or a knife or or whatever uh, so whether it's here at home or somewhere else on the road whatever um, or do dry fire practice some of it in the house whatever I mean there are ample ways of going through this stuff and giving yourself refresher instructional training and, you know, there's a new thing out. I think I've mentioned it before, psychosoma, which is kind of the same thing as psychocybernetics. Um, and there's probably other life sciences out there that people are aware of. Uh, but there are ways to practically um, keep that stuff on par, stay current, stay so that you don't get all that rust and dust um, uh, mentally. Uh, without even having any of those accoutrements physically present on your body or in your possession to do it. Uh, now, it obviously is helpful uh, when you do it, but the, as I've said before, a lot of times all we're trying to do is then when we go to the range and we're actually practicing this stuff for real, in other words, we're putting rounds down range, uh, you know, in our various courses that we're setting up is simply going through the motion to say, yep, okay, everything I've been doing in dry fire practice, I've been doing it properly, been doing it right. Everything I've been running through in my mind, I've been doing it right. So, you know, uh, you know, I've known a lot of people over the years, they've done that with wrestling, they've done it with football or baseball or basketball, you know, uh, bowling, golf. I mean, just, just go down the list. Um, so it is a very practical um, exercise that can be done. You just need to know how to do it. Anyway, that said, <laughs> I will uh, touch upon slash retouch upon um, something there while at on this project. Yeah, they're in the JBAD region. Um, our camp boss, I don't remember. I probably, we'd been there a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, somewhere between the second and third week, he approached me with uh, some guy 
that was in charge of the outer perimeter towers around the entirety of the base. And uh, he had asked me before introducing to this fellow um, if I would mind uh, spending a day or two uh, tagging along with the guy, driving with him, visiting the towers and just checking stuff out and and uh, basically just giving him my assessment of what I thought of the dude that was in charge and basically, you know, the security um, that he had set up for all this stuff. Um, I thought it was kind of an odd request, but it's like, okay, whatever. Um, so he introduced me to the dude. I said, sure, we never really formalized a day or date to do it. Uh, hence, it never really got done. But roughly one to two weeks later, uh, probably closer to the two-week mark, and, and again, memory being a funny thing, it might have actually been three weeks, but I'm going to say roughly the two-week mark later, we had that uh, one of the larger um, direct attacks that started, of course, as you might expect, indirect fire, <laughs> which turned into direct fire um, on the base. And in the ensuing aftermath and the stuff that followed up, it, it came out about two or three days later, certainly within that week, but I want to say somewhere in the second, third day, that this guy that he had introduced me to, that he had talked to me before introducing me to him, turns out that guy was a Al-Qaeda sympathizer or member. So never really got the straight skinny, whether he was a sympathizer or is an actual member of Al-Qaeda. But long story short, somehow Al-Qaeda had gotten him in on the contract, whatever that contract was. There was So he was directly involved with the security posture around the base and a member of Al-Qaeda. He wasn't the only one. <laughs> you know, plenty of them out there, you know, and intelligence and counterintelligence folks have the reasons um, in the various government agencies why they don't just round them up and take them where they do. I mean, sometimes they do. They just, you know, they caught you, round you up and away you go. Other times they let you slip back into the stream so they can follow you or they don't even <coughs> let you know that they've caught on to you uh, that, you know, part of their methods for uh, finding out the greater good and the greater whole and putting together a much better picture um, so they can, you know, snare more, uh, more fish in the net. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so this dude was an Al-Qaeda man. We know we had at least one interpreter um, on the camp where we were at that uh, also um, was, was of the same sort of uh, ilk, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, so that was an interesting, you know, it wasn't the first time, it wasn't the only time, but, I mean, those those elements are out there. So when we say you need to kind of be aware of what's going on around you, um, th those are the reasons why. And, and oftentimes it's just the little things that they engage in, the little things that they say, the little things that they do that kind of tip you off that you might have a problem with this dude or dude that, that you're working with um, that otherwise has slipped through the cracks because somebody wasn't paying attention or they didn't do their due diligence and really look into it. Uh, we see this to this day um, with, with networks and groups of people that I'm affiliated with. Um, it happens all the time. And usually it just turns out to be snakes in the grass, people that you can't trust for a variety of reasons. Uh, so you kick them loose and move on to the next one. So, speaking of kicking loose and moving on to the next one, 
I think we'll put a wrap on this episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life, Season 3. Um, hopefully, if things continue to go well, um, this will continue to be a weekly thing. Uh, but, you know, I mean, let's just face it, folks. Work and life get in the way. So, um, but I will earnestly attempt to put, pump out a new one every week. But again, sometimes things just happen. So, folks, I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, to this episode of Aconis the Contractor's Life, and I want to thank you and everyone for taking time out of your day, afternoon, or evening to listen to me talk about private security contracting overseas, as well as some of my experiences as a private security contractor here in the States. <laughs> thank you to my wife, for whom I owe immeasurable gratitude, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, folks, I cannot go into how much she's put up with. Um, Thank you to my family, my friends, and all the people, male and female, who have been and still are a part of my life. And remember, folks, it takes a team. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by being aware and staying frosty. And until next time, folks, keep it real. Oconus the Contractor's Life extends a special thank you to music composer Kava Cohen and to Colin Perry of Ninja Tracks for allowing Oconus the Contractor's Life the use of Kava's song Heavy Clutch from the music soundtrack to the game Forza Motorsport 7. And also a big thank you to Andres Rodriguez who can be found at the Fiverr website for his excellent original music scores. <laughs>